Welcome back, fans. It's time uh, for a deeper look at daily fantasy sports. And unless you've been living under a rock here in the first couple of weeks of college football season or the first full weekend of the NFL slate, then you know all about the two main companies, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings. They've had a ton of advertising on the airwaves. In fact, they've spent over $26 million in the last seven days. Those numbers, according uh, to the poll results of iSpot.t, TV. And FanDuel is uh, is actually being outpaced right now in advertising sales coming from DraftKings with over $15 million in spend in the last seven days alone. A very interesting article today by uh, John Orend and Terry Lefton of the Sports Business Journal really going into depth about the ad sales that the NFL itself has experienced just between these two companies. And uh, really that this is almost newfound money. These two companies didn't exist very, very many years ago. They are new to the market. And they are dominating the airwaves right now. According to this article, daily fantasy companies have created the fastest growing ad sales category in sports TV, adding more than $200 million in ad sales to the NFL's network partners, including CBS, ESPN, Fox, NBC, and the NFL Network. They are on pace to spend over $500 million this year. And those are just staggering numbers when you consider what I mentioned moments ago, that these companies really weren't even around a couple of years ago. And now, you know, they are really trying to get as many people to play as they possibly can, as well as trying to maybe shift the the public mentality about what daily fantasy sports are. I'm going to talk a little bit about that here in a few moments, but uh, when you, you look at how these two companies have seen investments over the last couple of years. This is not just from your mom and pop investment shops. You know, with FanDuel, they have 16 NFL sponsorships with the Ravens, the Bills, the Bears, the Bengals, the Browns, Lions, Packers, Texans, Colts, Jags, Jets, Eagles, Chargers, Rams, Bucks, and Redskins, while DraftKings has the Cowboys, Broncos, Chiefs, Patriots, and Steelers. And then, you know, it's a who's who of investors. For FanDuel, they have investments from the NBA, from KKR, Google Capital, Time Warner Investment, Turner Sports, Shamrock Capital, NBC Sports, Comcast Ventures. For DraftKings, it's Major League Baseball, the NHL, Major League Soccer, Fox Sports, Madison Square Garden, Legends. You know, so both of these companies are very well funded. And so they have plenty of equity to go out and try and get more people to come out and play. And when you hear this quote from FanDuel CEO Nigel Eccles, that there are more than 50 million fantasy sports players in America, but they only have 1.5 million playing daily fantasy each and every day, you can definitely see where the need is to try and build up this base. But some advertisers are out there, or even some that are following this space, believe that this could potentially be very much what we saw some 10 years ago with the dot-com craze or with the online poker boom. And this article from Sports Business Journal continues to go into that because whether it is the constant battle or comparisons to gambling, you know, some networks want to avoid that at all costs. Some colleges have, have talked about that. And there is right now, at least from the major providers out there, whether it's an IMG college or a Learfield Sports or JMI sports, there is questions as to how do you deal with this? Because it technically is not gambling. Um, I think there are some, though, that are concerned, especially now that both of these daily fantasy programs allow you to draft college players, that it could be somehow tied back into um, gambling and, you know, in sports, really, you know, they want to stay as far away from that as they possibly can, even though that continues to be something that you know, companies like an ESPN will continue to focus on even during their college game day coverage. 
Chris Wheel, the chairman and CEO of Momentum Worldwide, had a, a great quote in the Sports Business Journal article where he said, if I were counseling the two brands, I would tell them to make money as fast as they can because the business model is going to change, the dynamics are going to change, and the definition of what's gambling is going to change. And he very well may be right. At some point here, will the government look at this not like it is a game of skill uh, and look at that as more of a game of chance and that uh, that fans who are participating in this are participating in some sort of a gambling activity? Should they be taxed accordingly? Should it be outlawed in certain places? Very much like we saw with online poker, where online poker was such a boom for so many years and then all of a sudden it just faded away. So... With all of the the talk of daily fantasy sports, um, it got my intrigue. I've been playing fantasy football for you know probably ten plus years, uh, going all the way back to playing fantasy baseball back when I was in college, and then getting into numerous fantasy football leagues over the years. I actually pared down this year. Um, in years past, I had been in either two or three different fantasy football leagues. I'm actually only in one fantasy football league this year. And then I wanted to turn some of the other attention to playing daily fantasy. So I signed up for a FanDuel account. And uh, I actually saw that you could not you could play in a couple of different things. You could play in free leagues. You could play in the bigger money leagues, which allow you to play against numerous people. And those are the ones you see on TV where they're giving out the big checks. Uh, but you sometimes could be playing against hundreds or thousands of different people. But what I wanted to do was set up just a, a traditional almost fantasy football league. So take 12 different teams, bring in 12 different friends of mine, and uh, we would have a, an entry fee where you could come in each week. And so you could pay to play each week or you could choose not to play. And so the, the first league that we set up, it was a $5 entry fee. The winner of the league that week would be paid $24. And then prizes would go down um, accordingly. So first place winner would get $24. Second place winner would get $15. Third place, $9. And the fourth place, $6. I think this was one of the things that was most maybe intriguing to me was that in years past, if you were in a fantasy football league, and let's say you made a bad decision in your draft, uh, you had a team that was underperforming, you know, in week three or week four, you might be seeing the writing on the wall that you had no chance of winning that league. Well, with Daily Fantasy, you have an opportunity to win each and every week. There's nothing stopping you because you have an opportunity to reset your your football team each week. So we get the league set up. It, it took uh, a, a lot of... Um, wrangling, I would say, to get people to sign up for it. And, and part of that was because of all of the questions that were out there. If people wanted to know, you know, what were they signing up for? Why did they have to deposit money? What, uh, what was the commitment? You know, did they have to play every week? But we finally got the people in. They made their deposit to FanDuel so that they could play in this first week. And I have to say that after one week in, uh, you can see how this can be something where you'd get hooked into wanting to play this versus a traditional fantasy football league. You can still have all of the camaraderie that's necessary in a, in a fantasy football league. Uh, you don't have the, the per se draft that you would typically have. But what you do have is an opportunity to build your team based upon a salary cap. So in many ways, you're, you're doing it like a, a GM of a football team might do. You have $60,000 in virtual cash, and then to fill your team, you need a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a kicker, and a defense. So just to give you an example of what my team makeup was for week one, and I will say, 
Currently, I'm recording this on a Monday night. There's still a game to go between the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers, but my team is actually in first place right now. And so here's the makeup of the team and how it was built. So Tom Brady was the quarterback. Uh, He was at a salary range of about $8,400. He's the highest paid of all of the players that are on my team. Following him would be Rob Gronkowski at $8,100. But as you'll see, those two players combined for uh, for over 57 points. You know, Gronkowski had 29, Brady had 27. So they were a great investment for, for their salary. And as you'll see, as we kind of go down the list here, I had Ryan Matthews. He was at $5,900. Dollar salary, he generated 10 points. Bishop Sankey at $6,300 may have been uh, the biggest diamond in the rough at 21 points. Andre Johnson with a salary of $6,900 at four points. Didn't perform very well, but the Colts offense as a whole didn't perform very well in week one. Amari Cooper at $7,100, 7.2 points per game. DeAndre Hopkins had a monster game, $7,800 in salary, 28.3 points. Adam Vinatieri at $5,000 salary did not have a single point point. So really hurt there, not having any points coming from the kicker. And then uh, maybe the biggest surprise was the Tennessee Titans defense, $4,500 salary. Uh, They come up with 15 points and uh, they took advantage of a lot of the Jameis Winston mistakes in week one. So as I go through the list, you know, I can talk about the experience uh, in my first week of playing fantasy, uh, daily fantasy football through FanDuel in that uh, I, I downloaded the application onto my phone. I was checking it really more so even than I was checking my ESPN fantasy football league that I was playing in and the the swings that I was seeing throughout the day because it was being impacted by all of the games in week one uh, was pretty dramatic you know at one point on Sunday morning um, being here in Denver I was seeing that between games like first set of games and the second set of games that I w- was in first place then all the way down to fourth place then back up to second place and, and then the second set of games and then boom you're Rose again. So you have a lot to keep an eye on and, and to follow from week to week. I'm not sure that even with all the advertising that they're going to get the the same number of fans that they have participating in regular fantasy football, but uh, it's definitely something that has caught my attention. And I would be interested to hear your thoughts on that as well. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Pensy. Hope you've enjoyed this deeper look into daily fantasy sports, whether it's FanDuel or DraftKings. If you've enjoyed this episode of uh, the podcast, make sure that you like it. You can share it with your friends on social media or uh, give it a recommendation or a comment on iTunes. We'll be back next time with more uh, exciting news from in and around college and professional football. I'm Ryan Pincy. Until next time.